0: Welcome to the End of Days Conference, hosted by Raymer Family Church in February 2016. Our guest speaker is Reverend Joseph Morris. It's sure good to have you come out on Tuesday night, and uh, it's wonderful, all the the workers that have worked so hard to make uh, the meetings possible, and and, it's so good that we we put him first like this. You know, as busy as everyone is, I know our schedules are busy and your life is busy, but uh, you put the Lord first and you're in church on Tuesday night. I mean, how cool is that? You would be doing something else, but you're here to hear the Word. So, man, we got into a lot this morning. We did three sessions. uh, One of the sessions was what the church is supposed to look like, uh, authorization, power, finishing off the book of Acts in Jesus style, and uh, then the middle section was on... The coming of the Lord. Wow, I sure enjoyed that one. Uh, the brightness of His coming. Man, everything about the book is the, not only did He come and die, but He's coming back again. All those prophecies in the book of Acts, He's coming back, coming back, coming back. This same Jesus, the angel said, He's coming back in like manner. Wow, how wild to be on the earth while you see the earth get set up for it. I mean, it's pretty amazing. You, you see everything unfold for that. So the, the service before that, we got into the different uh, seals that would be open during the tribulation, the, the, trumpet, ju- the trumpet judgments and the vile judgments. Man, you go through that, it's almost amazing that anyone lasts through the first half, much less the second half of the tribulation. Uh, we got into all that, and it just shows you how uh, Jesus wants us to escape hell. Amen? Uh, he loves your neighbor. He loves your friend down the street. doesn't want them to go to hell. He, he wants everyone to, to, to accept Him and get to live with Him forever. Amen, amen. He doesn't want anyone to, to be incarcerated in the lake of fire for eternity. Man, that's, we can't even fathom that. Uh, but boy, we can, uh, we can help as many as we can. And I believe we have some uh, uh, harvest time now. I believe we have some divine intervention. We have some activities of the Holy Ghost to help us harvest in a shorter period of time and uh, doing it his style, praise the Lord. So I believe there'll be some unusual things to where he gets his message out quicker, and I'm all for that. I'm all for, he's normally see time and harvest, but there, in the book of Acts, he did some things. Acts chapter 3, the lame man at the gate called beautiful was one miracle, and they had 5,000 saved because of that. So uh, those are good ways to get people born again. But I believe God will show us how to fish better and better and better. We'll get to where we can get many, as many people saved as we can. So amazing. That we were chosen for this this slot of time right before the rapture of the church. So, you know, it can be kind of sobering because there's a lot required of us. But that's okay. It's joyful to go, wow, we have all this word. Let's put it to use. All this word tonight, you know who you are in Christ. Isn't that something he's already presented you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight? Wow. Isn't that something he's not mad at you, not frustrated with you, loves you? And if you'll notice the theme throughout all the services on End Times, He's trying to hammer into us how much He loves us. He's looking forward to seeing you. He can't wait to see you. And tonight we'll get into, uh, really, the the millennial reign of Christ. We'll get into that thousand-year reign where Jesus will physically reign from Jerusalem and from his throne, and we'll watch, you and I, we'll watch the climate of the millennium, we'll watch different things about the millennium, and we'll see what our function is. And man, when you see your function more and more, it makes you really bold about why you're getting all you're getting right now. Everything starts making more and more sense. God is very sensible, he's very smart, he's very concise, there's nothing ethereal about him. Yes, there is mysteriousness about him, but he's very, very logical in how he does things. It used to, in the past, you thought about end times and everything, just, woo, you never know what God's going to do. No, you know exactly what He's going to do. He's going to honor His Word. Amen. He watches over His Word to perform it. So we're blessed that we have this book that we've learned our inheritance, that what our elder brother Jesus left us, and we endeavor, all of us, to walk in the full measure of what He left us. Oh, what an inheritance He left us. In my little town I grew up in, uh, there were still people fighting over a strip of land about 20 by 20 uh, meters, (laughs) and people going to court and battling over a piece of land. If we fought for our inheritance, as hard as people will fight for natural things, dear Lord, oh, come on, we'd be bold about what Jesus left us. And it's so wonderful, He left us a a contract, a new covenant, and then He was raised from the dead to make sure it gets enforced. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. The New Testament, Oh, sealed in his blood. Wow, hallelujah. It's just amazing. So, I want to thank Pastor Tony, Pastor Patsy. What a treat to be with you guys. They have fed me too much. Unbelievable uh, to eat so much, but uh, it's just great to be with them. The old dear friends, you know, it's amazing how we've known each other for so long. It's po- impossible that we've known each other so long because we're still young, right? <laughs> I know that, Pastor Tony, you've gotten a lot older, but I've still made the same. <laughs> now, now, for 73, I'm okay, all right? <laughs> so... So we're good, amen. And just, I I think of all the the people that would love to have your pastors, I mean, that that want to have you guys come to America and preach or come to this nation and preach in that nation, and you have them right here, so you're very, very, very blessed. Very privileged, very privileged, amen. It's the truth, amen. Amen, amen, amen. And uh, just to, to be family friends throughout the years, it's just, just it's comical. So we have a lot of fun, but along with the fun is there's a, a thought pattern to do the will of God. Don't you like that thread of their taproot is finish your course. Finish your course uh, to get the will of God brought. We love that. So, so let's get right into the Word tonight. Grab your Bibles, and we'll see where we're supposed to turn. Why don't we pray while we figure out where to turn? Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you for blessing everyone that came tonight. Strengthen them tonight, Father, I ask you. Father, unveil to us the, this plan you have for us that we're, we're raptured, we're caught up, we go to the reward seat of Christ, merit suffer the Lamb, and show us these, these things that are hereafter. Show us these things that we'll be functioning in in that thousand-year reign, Father, that it would give us joy, give us hope, a renewal of vision. I thank you for such a strength of hope tonight to give people such a a, a thought pattern to, to launch out to do your perfect will. We thank you that with joy and with expectation we'll all finish our course and we'll look unto you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So we thank you for these great days ahead. Father, you said that the Holy Spirit would announce and declare things to come we thank you for supernatural insight into the plan of God the very end of the church age and even beyond so we thank you for it we thank you for it and with these great truths about your return Jesus I I ask you father Holy Spirit you'd honor Jesus tonight magnify the son magnify the resurrection magnify that death could not hold him down we thank you for that father thank you that every household is blessed May this year be a year of supernatural peace for their households, supernatural ease for their households. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it. We thank you for utterance tonight, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your mercy and your kindness and your goodness. We magnify you tonight. We magnify and honor you, Jesus. Thank you for this grand event that you're physically coming back to the planet. Father, we know that we're we're getting ready for all these things, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen. All right, grab your Bibles and go to, go to Matthew 25 or uh, go to Luke 21. Go to Luke 21 for just a second because I, I need to start there for a second. And then we've got to get buzzing on into the millennium because there's a lot to cover. Uh, man, I love getting into the millennium. So much fun stuff. So grab your Bibles there and go to Luke 21, if you would. Luke chapter 21, we'll start with verse 24. And he says here, and they'll fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive unto all nations... And Jerusalem shall be trodden down to the Gentiles, or nations, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. We've talked about that almost every service. Jesus said, when you see Jerusalem one back, time is up. So he gives us a parable in verse 29 to help us make us understand that. Remember in 1967, your lifetime, uh, Jerusalem was one back. So he gives us another thought pattern here in verse 29. He said, look at the fig tree, the nation of Israel, and all the trees. Those are the prophetic nations around Israel that begin to blossom as well, but we know the fig tree. Budded nineteen forty-eight, so he goes on from there and says in verse thirty, when they now shoot forth or bud, you see and know of your own selves that summer or harvest is nigh at hand. Likewise, when you see these things come to pass, be afraid and don't know what to do and just get all in fear. No, 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 no. He said, when you see these things, know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Didn't say wonder. Didn't say sense, didn't say perceive. He said you could know this. Now what does knowing bring? Knowing brings boldness. You can be bold about Scripture when it's blatantly evident. So we're not wondering about the coming of the Lord. Uh, Jesus told us what to look for. So we know Israel's made a nation, Jerusalem was one back, and everything revolves around that piece of real estate right there. Amazing that Israel's the timepiece. You know, Methuselah was the timepiece in the Old Testament. They could look at him and go, hey, remember that his name meant when I die, everybody dies. (laughs) And you know, the very year that Methuselah died, what happened, the flood came. I said it the other day, I would have been feeding Methuselah, you doing okay buddy, you got food, everything all right? you got a cold, what's going on Methuselah, I mean it wasn't a good deal, but isn't it something, the longest living man ever, God held off judgment as long as he could, but the year that Methuselah died, the flood did come, so he was a marker, he was a timepiece, today Jesus said Israel is your timepiece, I talked to a man that's not even born again. He's a rank sinner. He said, you know what? I don't even understand this stuff, but I know something has to be going on with Israel because you can't have every nation hate that nation for nothing. There has to be something special about it. I said, that's exactly right. Uh, That's where our God came down in flesh. Remember what Bin Laden said? He said he calls Israel Satan. Isn't that something? Uh, you know what Iran calls Israel? Call, they call it the rabid dog of the Middle East that needs to be removed from off the earth. <laughs> Don't you love that? And, and they're, they're making nuclear weapons because it's their thought pattern to annihilate Israel. Well, there's one thing that they may have for, forgotten about. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he's about to intervene for them and and protect them like never before so it's just amazing we're we're blessed and blessed and blessed to watch the setup for all of it. so we go through them every week and we go through the last few verses we got more signs we got about 50 but um you think of it you got all those you got those two main ones Then you got the hebrew language restored ethiopian jews brought back you've got the fertility of the land of israel revival roman empire you have all these things that were specifically uh, to the coming of the Lord. I like the one that's real current, is uh, men would be lovers of themselves. So we all have felt selfie sticks, amen? So let's, let's take a few pictures of ourselves, hallelujah. That goes over real good. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Drive safely. <laughs> no, the climate is all the verses are coming to pass. Now, I'm going to say this because I need to say this because we'll get to the second coming and the millennium. I've heard other people say, well, you really can't tell because all these signs have happened before. No, that's not true. That's wrong. They've never happened before. <laughs> Amen? Because some people will go, well, well, you can't really be bold about that. Well, yes, you can, because these have never happened before. So it's, a, it's miraculous that you're living when all of these verses are coming to pass. And I know that kind of freaks people out when you get bold about that, but you might as well be bold about the Bible. <laughs> Amen? If there is one thing you can be bold about in the world, that's the Scripture. The the authorized Word of God says when you see these signs come to pass, you're living in that generation. And aren't we a blessed generation? Blessed. To hear the words, come up hither, come up to the throne of God, and we'll be changed, we'll be called up. This mortal will put on immortality, and we shall be changed. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah, amen. What a wonderful day that is. It's not too far away, so whatever time we have left, let's go for it. So grab your Bibles there, and let's skip on right over to Matthew, and let's look for a second at, at the second coming, and let's kick right into the millennium. And I won't sing anything off my Great Sits album. I've threatened every night, but, you know, go ahead and hit CD number 7. I'm ready. No, just kidding. Let's not do that. <laughs> That's real fear right there. You can feel that, like, oh, Jesus, don't do that. All right. So in Matthew 24, we saw where Jesus talked about the sign of His coming would be that seven-year tribulation period. We saw that at the second coming, one's taken and one's left. We got into that this morning, that 50% will turn, even though there's seven years of signs that there's a opposite of the rapture that happens at the second coming the rapture of the church the, the righteous go up at the second coming the wicked are taken off the earth so when the wicked are taken off the earth uh, jesus gets to set up his natural kingdom for a thousand years with natural people but there is something else happening you've got a glorified church that comes back with jesus so you have a dual group of people coming to the planet at the same time jesus and the body of christ and natural, righteous people that Jesus gives the kingdom to. And you'll be overseeing those natural people in in kind of a sphere of influence, and we'll get to that. So go to Matthew 25. There was a lot said in that that I said very fast, but I'm I'm adding things that I said this morning, things that I said yesterday, and trying to compress it all into one service. So say caffeine. Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) Look at Matthew 25. Skip down to verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, he shall sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. And he'll set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my Father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So, this is that time when Jesus ushers in those natural people. And says, get ready to enjoy the natural kingdom. And here, Israel will be the head of all nations. Jesus will rule from Jerusalem. It'll just be wonderful. So kick over to Revelations real quick, because we're going to get into one more verse, then we'll get into the millennium. But there's just uh, amazing that we're watching the physical setup for this. And uh, it's remarkable. So go to Revelation chapter 19. If you've got your Bibles there, it's page number 319 if you've got a Bible like mine. Revelation 19, get ready. Revelation 19, you ready? Verse 11. Man, you should read this just once a week just to bless you. Revelation 19, verse 11. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are with Him in heaven followed Him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Now those armies are you and I. I've talked about that this morning. That's you and I coming back with Him. So you've already had to have been raptured before the tribulation. You, you, you can't go up and come back at the same time simultaneously. You've already been at the reward seat. You've already been at the Uh, marriage supper of the Lamb, what a great party we're going to have. Then all of a sudden at that second coming, man, that's so powerful to see Jesus leading the charge. Leading the charge back to the earth with the Antichrist, thinking he can defeat Jesus, and all of a sudden here comes the King of glory. More radiant than, than the noonday sun. No need for the sun for the glory that's just in His face. Not just His whole body. There's more glory in His face that there's no need for the sun. No shadows Because he's permeating with light everywhere. And there we are, riding behind him on those horses, heading down toward the planet. And you can imagine some of the people that are with the Antichrist going, Oh my God, what is that coming at us? You talk about a missile, a missile dressed in white, a missile dressed in light, coming straight toward the planet. And my friend, you're going to be rocking right from heaven down to earth. What a view we'll have. And you'll, you'll see the earth make preparation for that grand entrance of God himself. The mountains will be leveled. There will be no more islands. There will be great earthquakes. The earth goes through a cataclysmic earthquake, shakes like crazy, and all of a sudden Jesus stands right there on the Mount of Olives with a scepter of righteousness, is the scepter of his kingdom. And he instantly brings peace into the earth and stops war right there. It's eradicated. Wow. So let's go over and look at the next event that happens right after uh, he comes back to the planet right there. Go to chapter 20 of Revelation. And let's look at verse number 1. And let look at the start of the, the beginning of the millennial reign of Christ. So look at chapter 20, verse 1. And I saw an angel uh, come down having, from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Don't you love this? Not a legion of angels, not a team of angels. One. One angel is going to bind the devil. He's, he's, pre- he's presented this like it takes a whole team to deal with him. One angel is going to take him and bind him. Wow! Amen. Love it. And, and we have innumerable angels with us. Come on. So one angel takes him and binds him. And, and, and verse number 2, "...he laid hold on the dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil, Satan, and bound him a thousand years, cast him into the bottomless pit, shut him up, set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and then after that he must be loose for a little season." we'll get to that in a little bit he's released at the end of the millennium to kind of gather up the rebels But now this is the amazing thing. Here, Jesus starts out this wonderful millennial reign of Christ with righteous, natural-bodied people entering into the kingdom. It's going to be a very natural thousand years. I've heard people sometimes think that it's just going to be all of a sudden he's snapping his fingers and all that. No, he's going to let man rebuild the earth. Obviously, technology will probably just go ballistically uh, crazy with with, with God himself living here. (laughs) I mean, I would think you'd have some access to some pretty cool inventions. Amen? But you know what? It's going to be a very natural thousand years. It's interesting, once we get into it, we'll see how natural it is. But it's going to be glorious. On TV, or whatever news show you watch, it'll probably be somebody going, Hey, I want to interview Paul. And then all of a sudden, maybe Paul has his own show in the afternoon. Maybe he has Pastor Tony and Pastor Patsy. Paul's interviewing them. Instead of one of the talk shows in the afternoon, Paul has his own talk show. What was it like in the last days of the church age? You can just see Paul asking them, and they'll go, well, we preached your gospel. We preached who people are in Christ. They rose up in their dominion. They walked in authority, walked in victory. And you'll probably hear the whole audience go, hallelujah, amen, glory to God. It'll be a different thousand years, amen. I mean, the movies that will be made will probably be about John the Baptist, probably be about Elijah. It'll just be cool. It'll be wonderful. Amen. Jesus on TV, Jesus on Fox, Jesus on CNN, Jesus on Sky, Jesus on BBC. Pick out a network, there Jesus will be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it'll be, he'll permeate everything. And it's amazing, I, I've said it before, but right there at that second coming, you know, the, there's a great earthquake and, and the, the Mount of Olives is split in two. There's a great valley there and the water will come from the Dead Sea right by Jesus near Him and it goes out and heals all the waters in the earth. It quickens, there's so much life in Him. Everything about Him is life everlasting. And it gets near Him and it quickens the whole earth. Hallelujah. He said, out of your belly would flow rivers of living water. Amen. So what a wonderful start for this thousand years. You'll notice when Jesus comes back, peace is instituted. The earth has been getting ready for this, what we would call a day of rest, a thousand years of what would be called our Sunday. Hallelujah. So the earth has had this curse on it for 6,000 years. It's about to have that curse lifted off of it. The Bible says that creation groans and travails waiting for this day to come. It's about to come where God is going to take that curse off the earth. So let's go look at some of the elements of it. Let's go back to Isaiah, and let's look at nature for a little bit. Go back, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 10 or 11, and we'll start looking at some of the changes that take place. And once we get through some of the changes, we'll get to our function. So go to Isaiah 11. Still glad you came tonight? Amen. Praise the Lord. Look at Isaiah chapter 11. Watch how nature's instantly altered the second Jesus comes back to reign. All right, go back to Isaiah chapter 11. Skip down to verse 4. It's page 785 if you've got a Bible like mine. Look at verse 4. But with righteousness he'll judge the poor and reprove with equity the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. And the, with the breath of his lips he'll slay, slay the wicked. That's a little picture of the second coming. Wow and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins faithfulness the girdle of his reins the wolf will dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them you'll have a kid with a lion on a leash you'll go to the park and instead of having a dog he's going to have a lion that's going to be kind of crazy when all of a sudden you see this great big old lion with a kid walking around in the park but the minute you get Jesus on the planet even beasts are different Come on, how cool will that be? I'm going to have a pet lion. Won't that be cool? Go out in your backyard and you've got tigers and lions, all kinds of stuff. Maybe have an alligator. And you're telling him what to do. Hey, alligator, don't go over here, go over there. He probably goes, mm-hmm, and walks over there. It'll be so cool. We'll have dominion. Amen. I mean, it almost seemingly might be hard for our brains, but during this time, you'll be in glorified bodies while natural man is in natural bodies. Look at the next verse there. He says, the suckling child, verse 8, shall play in the hole of an ash. The weaned child shall put his hand in the cock trist in. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So what what a wonderful time with Jesus permeating the earth, peace permeating the earth. Let's go look at a little bit more. You want to see what else it'll look like. Let's look at nature a little more. Go to chapter 30. Let's buzz over there for a little bit. Go to chapter 30 for a minute. This is really cool. Look at chapter 30, verse 26. I know we'll go through a lot of verses because we want the, the Word to preach to us. So look at Isaiah chapter 30. Look at verse 26. Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun... And the light of the sun shall be sevenfold as the light of seven days, and day that the Lord binds up the breach of His people and heals the stroke of their wound. So nighttime will be like our daytime, and daytime will be seven times brighter. Now how cool is that going to be? How many of you growing up, I remember growing up we played football every day. I mean, American football, it wasn't really soccer, but American football. We played every single day. And then we'd play till dark, and then we'd be frustrated when it get dark. We'd go out under the streetlight, and we'd play what we call kill the man with the ball because we had the streetlight. And we, we, we would play it all night if your mother didn't make you come in and eat. But you know what? Wouldn't it be wonderful? Uh, I told you what I'd do the first first six months of the millennium. I'm going to play golf at St. Andrews, then I'm going to be translated to Augusta, and I'm going to play golf, then I'm going to be translated to Hawaii and play golf, then I'm going to be translated to uh, uh, Pebble Beach then, then go on to Hawaii, come right back around to St. Andrews. Oh, come on! And it's amazing how people think that we won't want to do that. We think when we, we get our glorified bodies and get in the millennium, we're just going to work. No, it's a thousand years of rest. Now, there are going to be some duties we'll do, and I'll get into all that, but they'll be joyous, and they won't be laborious. You say, do well, you think I'm going to not want to play golf? I guarantee you I'm going to want to play golf. Amen. I mean, I love Jesus with all my heart, but I'm not going to be spending 24 hours a day with Jesus. I'm going to have some, I'm going to have some golf time in there. Amen. <laughs> it's amazing how religious we are, amen. But you know what? It's never going to get dark. I can play 24 hours a day. Come on. I can play in the morning. I can play in the afternoon. I can play at night. I won't get tired. And they'll have tea boxes for the mortals and tea boxes for the saints. I'll say, You poor mortals, won't you hit from right there? We're going to back up and hit from over here. Hallelujah. No, So, so nature's going to change. Obviously, with this change, you've got photosynthesis that changes. The light will be brighter because longevity is restored. So, so it'll be probably more of an oxygen-rich environment. I'm guessing, I'll give you a conjecture, it'll probably be like it was before the flood. It's where people lived a 1,000 years, and the, the air was so much more rich and vibrant, that easy for people to live. So natural people, it'll be, they'll live a 1,000 years, no big deal. How cool is that? I mean, what a wonderful time to be on the planet when, when Satan is bound and the glory of the Lord is all over the earth. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Well, let's go look at church for a minute. You say, will there still be church during the millennium? Absolutely. Let's go look at church. Go to Zechariah. And well, that's right before Malachi. If you've got your Bible there, you know where Malachi is. Go to Malachi and just back up a little chapter there. Go to Zechariah chapter uh, 14 we got into this this morning about the coming of the Lord but you know you don't hear a lot of preaching on the Millennium because it's just people think well why do we need that because I want to get into it we get into things about the Millennium because in a minute we'll get to our job and we found out that we're tasting right now of the powers of the world to come so there's gonna be some operations of what we've been tasting in this dispensation and man I'm telling you uh, I if you gave me a, a little bite of pizza I don't want a taste of pizza I want the whole pizza It'd just be annoying to go, well, here's a little bite. No, I want the whole pizza. So let's look at church here for a minute because it's going to be a very natural thousand years. Go to Zechariah 14 and go to verse 16. You need to look at this. I know they're probably putting it up on the screen or whatever, but it's just good for our eyes to see this. Zechariah 14, verse 16. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came up against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Wow. So, so they're going to be required or asked to come to church once a year. Now watch this. Look what happens. And it shall be, verse 17, that whosoever will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, even upon them... Shall be no rain, and if the family of Egypt go not up, they'll come not. They'll have no rain. There will be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite the heathen that come not up to keep the feast of tabernacles. Wow. And 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 this shall be the punishment of Egypt, and the punishment of all nations that come not up to keep the feast of tabernacles. Now it's interesting. All he does is say, hey, you need to come to Feast of Tabernacles once a year. Let's church once a year. We need to hear the Word every day. We, we need the Word to sustain us. He's so powerful, they go hear the Word once a year and it sustains them. Ooh, come on, you, you get in Jesus' presence once a year, it carries you for the whole year. Wow. But notice this, the Bible calls them heathen that don't come. So the unbeliever even though everyone's born again at the beginning of the millennium, when all those natural people start having children and they reach the age of accountability, you're going to be preaching to them and they need to get born again and they need to go up to Jerusalem once a year to worship. And so some people go, I don't want to get born again. I don't know how you reject him when he's sitting right there on the throne. You'll be telling people you, you might want to get born again. There he is right there. How could people not like Jesus? He's too bright, too big of a beard. That's weird. There, you can't find anything wrong with Jesus, but People will reject Him when they could see Him. That's why the Bible says in the ages to come, He'll show forth His goodness and His kindness to those that first trusted in Him. We trusted in Him when we couldn't see Him. There will be people that will reject Him when He's sitting there on that throne. That's almost unbelievable for my mind to grasp with nothing but wonderful things going on all over the earth. People will still reject Him and not go up to church once a year. And I, it's kind of radical. If you don't go to church, don't get any rain. Don't get any rain, don't get any crops. Don't get any crops, don't get any food. So it's a, a, a kind of a blatant thought pattern like, hey, no problem, you don't got to go to church, but you ain't going to get no rain. So it's kind of an interesting thought pattern. Now you remember, we haven't gotten into all of it, but sacrifices will be reinstituted again. I mean, the temple's going to be rebuilt right after we're raptured. And all throughout the... The thousand years, the Jews will be having sacrifices right there in Israel. And that's just bizarre in itself that they're still going to be killing animals. But it will look back at what Jesus did 2,000 years ago as opposed to sacrifices in the old looking forward to what Jesus would do. It will be a picture of the hideousness of sin and how Jesus gave his flesh to be beaten and killed and let his blood pour out. I mean, he, he's going to do that. So all those people that go, well, I don't think I'm going I'm to get born again, and they're going to go, well, did you see that, that oxen just get killed? That's what God did for you. I mean, Jesus is still going to be putting it in their face. I died for you. I died for you. With that... You're going to be having this rulership during that thousand years, implementing the kingdom, and not just tasting of these powers, having a full function in the powers. I talk about the gifts of the Spirit, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. There'll be a full force function of all that. So hang with me just a little bit. I I'm going to slow down in a minute and get to the reason why we'll do this, but hang with me. Uh, what's the the rulership going to be like? Now, what do we have right now in this present dispensation? you got principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, wicked spirits in heavenly places. Lucifer has a sphere of influence over regions. I remember years ago when people thought they could go cast the devil out of a region. Remember when they were flying over cities and doing all that weird stuff in 1986 and 87, you know? Well, see, Lucifer has a right to be here because Adam gave him a right. And we didn't see Jesus do that, so we we were to go and preach the gospel. But Lucifer was copying God's thought pattern for the millennium. The devil doesn't have any new ideas. So in the millennium, he said, if you're faithful over so much, in this dispensation, you'll rule over two cities or rule over ten cities. So somehow the saints will have a sphere of influence over regions. Okay? So based on what you did while in this dispensation, the Lord is going to I don't know how that's all going to work. There's about a 75 day uh, preparation period at the beginning of the millennium. He'll probably set you up over a region and go, okay guess what? You have jurisdiction here because the Bible says that you're going to be judging angels. That word judge there just means rule over. All of a sudden angels are going to be subject to you during that thousand years along with you implementing the kingdom of God because along with Jesus ruling from Jerusalem, you'll still have accidents happening because righteous, uh, normal-bodied people will do stupid things. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I grew up riding motorcycles. We did motocross, you know. And we had jumps we set up, which were just absolutely stupid. But we had these jumps that we set up that were in the woods you know and we would hit the jumps and go as high as we could we'd mark in the trees with with, with t-shirts that had gotten cut up because of all of our blood they were all bloodied t-shirts because you it was kind of like a cool marker that look i cut my arm cut my leg but i got my t-shirt right up there that's how high i got but we never once thought why don't we flip our motorcycle 360 and, and do a flip and try to land we're like yeah, it's not possible nowadays you got guys doing flips. you got guys doing all kinds of stuff. And during that millennial reign, you'll have natural body saints that might do something stupid and guess who's going to show up and get them set free? You are. You'll have seen them in a vision. That's called a word of wisdom. You'll show up right there while some guy on a motorcycle makes a mistake. Maybe he doesn't hit the jump just right, flips over and breaks his neck. You'll walk right over to him and go, rise, take up your bed and walk because it's in you to raise people up. That thousand years... You'll be functioning. Because it's in every one. We, we labor to get more of that in operation. There's a frustration. It's because you're not done. Yeah, that's it. You're going to have a thousand years doing that. So you say, well, is that really going to happen? Well, there'll be some guy. He's up on the top of a ladder. And he falls off and hurts his shoulder. How, you think he could do that? Well, he'd been saying all his life. You know, I have afraid of heights. i probably fall off and hurt my shoulder. He'll get exactly what he believes and says. But all of a sudden, you've, you've walked through the wall just like Jesus well, it's a good thing you're, you're living in this dispensation. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And you lay hands on him, and the glory of the Lord goes into his bones, into his sinews. And all of a sudden he goes, wow, my tendons don't hurt. My, my cartilages don't hurt. I go, of course they don't hurt. Jesus is raining from Jerusalem, and I'm implementing that rain all over the earth. So we might as well learn how to function with God now, because you're not done functioning with God. This is tasting. This is tasting. We'll get to more of it here in a second. So skip over to Isaiah. Go to Isaiah 60 or 50. You pick out the chapter. We'll see if you're flowing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Everybody's so glad you came. <laughs> it's okay to have fun in church. Amen? We should be known for more joy than anybody. Amen? And it's, it's interesting that in His presence is what? Fullness of joy. Hallelujah. Go to Isaiah chapter 60. Skip over to... Uh, there's a ton of stuff about the millennium here, but skip over to verse 21. He gives you a little bit more detail about the millennium. Isn't this exciting that we got great things ahead? And I'll just tell you before we get to Isaiah 60 here, Jesus is going to promote you and tout you. You know, there'll be natural body people that might have a tendency to get frustrated or in wine or something, and Jesus is going to go, "Look at my church. They defeated the devil while he was physically here. What are you complaining about?" Come on, those natural body people are going to go, it's just so hard about something. You'll go, oh, 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 hold on. My church had Lucifer on the planet, and they put him under his feet. Yeah, they took in the Word, walked in their authority, and said, uh-uh, you're not going to run over me. You're not going to. So he's going to promote you and show you off. Man, sometimes we just think right here, you're, you're, you're living for eternity. This is, this is not the end. This, the rapture is the beginning. There's <laughs> everything and you have in your spirit. You've got so much radically input into your heart. It's because you're going to live forever. Hallelujah. So go back a little bit. Go back there to Isaiah 60 where we were. Look at verse 21. He says, Thy people also shall all be righteous. They'll inherit the land forever. A branch of my planning, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. A little one shall become a thousand, a small one, a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in my time. So he's going to let man rebuild the planet. How cool is that going to be? I mean, just the things that you have, the desires in your heart. You know, if you like to do video, you'll, you'll probably make movies. If you like to write songs, you'll probably be prolific in songwriting. I don't know why we think all of a sudden we're just going to float around. The picture we have of this is clouds and harps. No, (laughs) the things you have in your heart, you'll be functioning in them. The complete expression uh, of wholeness in your life. Zero frustration. Oh, come on. I ought to get a shout out of that. Amen. Mm. Go to chapter 61. Let's look a little further. Go to chapter 61. We'll get into a little bit more. Chapter 61, verse 4. They shall build up the old waste, and they'll raise up the former desolations, and they'll repair the waste cities and the desolations of many generations. Now, what does that mean? Just, there'll be so much damage in the latter part of the tribulation that God's going to let man rebuild the earth. You know, I have preached in the Ukraine many times. I'll tell you, every time, I remember one of the times I was there, well, every time I've been there, things are sadly so dilapidated that nothing works. I mean, the power goes out every day, the gas goes out every day, the water goes out every day, and I remember going into a couple of hallways I went into of the places I was staying, They were nice apartments. And you go in and you you thought the dog had gone to the bathroom in the hallway. I thought, man, who let their dogs go to the restroom in the hallway? They said, that's not where the dogs went to the restroom. That's where the humans are going to the restroom. Because they don't own anything, so they just go to the bathroom wherever they want. Yeah, that's Russia. That's the Ukraine. I know what Russia's going to do the first 100 years of the millennium. They're going to have a super soaker with Clorox. They're going to be spraying their whole country. Amen. <laughs> you talk about some work. There's going to be some brooms. There's going to be some mops. There's going to be super soakers, guys. They're going to be spraying bleach. We're going to bleach the whole country. That's exactly right. And it's amazing how the Lord's going to let them do it like that. You, know, you, th- you think that he'd just go twink like that and change. No. He loves man giving expression to the creativity that he put in man. It'll be awesome. If that's going to be that way forever. We'll get to that right before we close. Forever, man will be bringing their little trinkets into the into the new Jerusalem and going, look, Dad, look what I made. He's going to go, that's so good, son. You whittled out a little chair for me. That's so sweet of you. I've got a throne, but that was wonderful. Amen? <laughs> you, you know how we put pictures our kids do when they're little up on the refrigerator? He's going to go, isn't that great, son? You did good. You know, So he, he loves his kids doing things that bring them joy. Let's go to some more church, uh, verses here. Go over to chapter... Uh, Let's just skip over to 65 for a second. You got your Bibles there? Look at chapter 65 for a minute, and then we're going to get a little bit more into our function for for a minute. It's so cool. Chapter 65, look at verse... Oh, man, look at verse... um, 20. But while you were going there, think of Ezekiel, maybe homework tonight. Look at Ezekiel 40 through 46, and look at the millennial temple. He's very, very detailed about that thousand years. Just his temple's going to be so elaborate, it'll be so cool. So he's real particular about this thousand years. He's looking forward to, to dwelling with man in glory. It's exciting. So look what happens here in Isaiah 65, look at verse 20. There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not fulfilled his days, For the child shall die a hundred years old, but the the sinner being a hundred years old shall be accursed. They'll build houses, they'll inhabit them, they'll plant vineyards, they'll eat the fruit of them. They shall not build another inhabit, they shall not plant another eat. For the days of the tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. Lot said in that, so he's going to let them rebuild everything naturally. And he says, if a, uh, okay, now this is when it starts getting a little bit complicated, but it's not. Let's say a, a natural-bodied sinner dies at 100 years old. They haven't gotten born again. Jesus is reigning from Jerusalem. They haven't gone to, up to the Feast of Tabernacles to go up and worship, you know. And let's say they're 100, and they, they do something stupid on a motorcycle. They die. They go to hell. They're accursed. But they could have lived a 1,000 years. They go, man, he died as a child. Amen? That's like, well, look at that. That guy was 100 years old. He could have lived 1,000 years. But he died and went to hell. But you have a natural-bodied saint have an accident or something stupid. That's where you're functioning and all of these things that you've been learning in these years, and you're implementing and keeping them propped up and alive. Yes, they've learned how to use their faith. We said, say, well, the devil's bound. Absolutely, but people still do crazy things. And The purpose of the millennium, now hang with me. God gives man... A whole thousand years to make correct choices. Even with the devil bound, people go, well, the devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make you do it. Your own flesh made you do that. So you'll still have people with Lucifer bound that God gives man an opportunity to do what he's supposed to do, and he still doesn't do what's right. He chooses evil, which with with Satan not even there to tempt him. Yeah. So... You're going to be doing the, it's hard to say it like this, but you're going to be kind of like the the emergency police, the emergency glory people, the emergency judges. You're going to be the people that are implementing this kingdom so much that if a natural body saint has something wrong, you've already seen a division. You show up, you walk right through the wall. Somebody tries to rob a bank, do something stupid, you walk right through the mall wrong dispensation <laughs> you can't do this your name is Alan, you said last week so and so, you're going to come rob this bank you shouldn't try to do it in the millennium it's almost like some of those movies that you've seen where they've seen the future because see, that's a word of wisdom Okay, a word of wisdom is where you see the future plan and purpose of God before it happens alright, now hang with me, I'll give you a couple and then we've we got to get rolling here because oh, we've got a lot to get into and we won't stay all night we'll be dismissed in just a couple minutes everybody with me for a little bit I was preaching in this church out in California years ago, took my daughter with me to go with me to a trip, and uh, uh, my daughter's about 17, she's probably senior in high school, so I took her with me, and as her and I walked in the back of the church, I had a vision. Remember, it's okay for me to have a vision, I'm a young man, and I saw a man in the church, he looked just like Robert Redford, had his hands around the pastor's throat upside down like that. And I, said, I told Lauren, I said, man, there's a man in the church, he looks just like Robert Redford, he's got his hands around the pastor's throat, like upside down, like he's over him, like he has more authority than him, and Lauren's like, wow, that's weird, my daughter goes, that's strange, all of a sudden, the pastor came walking in, he's a good friend of mine, I've known him for years, and uh, I said, hey man, there's a guy in your church, he looks just like Robert Redford, He has his hands around your throat, upside down, like he's over you, like he thinks he has more authority than you. And my friend, this pastor, he's a good buddy of mine. You guys all know him. He goes, goes, that's right, this guy in my church. He says, I won't let you start another church. It's the call on this pastor buddy of mine's life to start another church. They were going to put another branch of their church, and that guy in his church said, I'm not going to let you start another church. And that friend of mine opened the collar of his shirt and showed me I have a rash on my neck because I'm under so much pressure because that guy won't let me start a church. Well, we went from the green room like right here, came walking in the side. I saw the guy who looks like Robert right, right over there. I told Lauren, I goes, there he is right there. And I went like, I didn't go like this. Thus saith the Lord, he who looks like Robert Redford, quit trying to rule over the pastor. No, I didn't do that. The Holy Ghost won't embarrass anybody, he wants to bless people. The Holy Spirit does not embarrass people, he blesses people. So I taught a little bit that night on the call on that pastor's life to build and to plant. It's an apostle's kind of call, and you can't control that. And the Holy Ghost fell in the service right there. Next thing you know, that church started that other church. It grew bigger than the mother church. So the plan and the purpose of God got complete. The the, the church got altered with one manifestation of the Holy Ghost. That's not the power of the world to come. That's tasting of the power of the world to come. That you can have a church altered with one vision. Think of what we're going to be functioning in that whole thousand years. So natural man may seem limited during that thousand years, but you have this oversight of you functioning in all this glory. Man, it'll just be like this, no problem. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, this or that. And you go, well, this is how we'll deal with this. Wouldn't it be amazing to have a group of people that could handle every problem that came up, even with Lucifer bound? That's you. Jesus will have you infiltrated into the whole earth with all of this stuff that we long to operate in. And that's what you'll be doing for a thousand years. Fulfillment, spiritually. Fulfillment, physically. Every, every area of you fulfilled. No, no, lacking nothing. Hallelujah. I'll give you another one, and then we'll, we'll finish off. I was preaching in a church. I don't know if you know a church in Oakland, Iowa. Michael Cowstrip's his name. Great guy. I I watched his kids grow up. I preached there many times. Every time I preached there, he says, I taught his sons how to use their handbrakes in their car to do 180s. Well, (laughs) they ruined the hubs of their wheels. I taught them in the snow not to do that on drive pavement. Well, they started doing it on drive pavement and ruined the hubs of their wheels. So every time I preached there, he goes, Hey, Joe, thanks for ruining my son's hubs on their car. I taught them in the snow. I didn't tell them to do that on drive pavement. So they're very normal people, okay? So I'm driving to the camp meeting one morning. I'm driving to the camp meeting, and I'm on my way to the camp meeting, and they're in a cornfield, so you're kind of in a, in a valley of cornfields, so I'm thinking, don't fall asleep, don't fall asleep, because people have fallen asleep on the way to church and rammed into the building before. Several cars have hit their building, so I'm thinking as I'm driving, don't fall asleep, don't fall asleep, don't hit the building. <laughs> You don't want to wham open your Bibles to Mark 5. <laughs> you don't want to do that. You actually want to pull in, get out of your car because they're seriously, they got rumble strips now, they got all this stuff, and they even got little markers. Don't come in here with your car. So, so I'm thinking that on my way to the service, and uh, all of a sudden I have a vision. Remember, it's okay for me to have vision. All of a sudden I see the pastor uh, in his own single engine airplane, it looks like a Cessna 210. It's an overwing airplane. I see him land on this runway. He takes an outline out just like this. A young pastor walks up to meet him as he got out of the plane. Michael Kallstrup is a big, tall guy, like 6'4", and uh, he kind of got out from underneath the wing like that. He had to duck his head. He took that outline. That young pastor came walking up, and he said, Hey, I'm going to help you not maybe make some of the same mistakes I may have made. Next thing you know in the vision, he takes that same plane, flies to another location. I see him land on a runway. I see the cracks on the runway. He takes that same outline out goes to another pastor. He goes, I'm going to help you not make some of the same mistakes that I may have made. Boom, next thing you know, I'm back in my car. Thank you, Jesus, I didn't hit the building. Because I'm having this movie while I'm driving to the church, you know. So here we go. So I preached a little bit, you know. And, uh, and at the end, I said, hey, if this means something to you, Pastor Mike, fine. If it doesn't, forget it. I said, if it doesn't mean anything to you, forget it. See, see when, when, when something's uttered like that, if it doesn't mean something to somebody, just forget it. Put it on the shelf. So today I, hey, I said, I saw you flying your own airplane. I said, you'll use that airplane like a car. You'll take that plane all around this whole area, and you'll help young pastors not make some of the same mistakes you may have made. He kind of smiled. He got up afterwards, and he said, what did I say last week from the platform? I'll have my own airplane. I'll fly around to all these pastors. I'll use it like a car, and it'll help these young pastors not make some of the same mistakes that I may have made. Sent When that happened, he wasn't a regional director. He got asked to be a regional director for REMA. He flew all over Minnesota, flew all over North Dakota, used that plane like a car. That's not the power of the world to come. That's tasting of the powers of the world to come. If that's a fragment, think of what you and I are going to be functioning into where just revelation. He sent me a picture of the airplane. He sent then bought the airplane. He was taking flying lessons. I didn't know that. And he started using that thing just like a car. But God knows the end from the beginning. knows the beginning from the end. And he's raised you up to have a thousand years of influence over the whole earth to where the glory of God will be instrumented and, and, and literally manifested through the believer. The very thing that Lucifer had from when he was over the throne. He was the anointed cherub that covered. He covered the throne of God and that radiance would come through him and go through those, those pipes and tabs and would go through those stones and it would radiate through him and he kind of got to and well check it out man, that's coming through me. It wasn't him it was what was behind him. So that whole thousand years he'll be able to radiate through you without any kind of temptation like Lucifer would have have to go check it out I'm so cool you know you'll be in a glorified body with the full expression of radiation of the goodness of God for natural body people will go wow I should receive him he's glowing and all these saints are glowing to help me live my life so that whole thousand years will still be about getting people to accept Jesus as their Savior So you're not going to be done doing that. (laughs) Because we kind of think, you know, we'll have that thousand years. I'll have some good golf time, yes. I'll have some good golf time. I'll have some good resurrection time. Some good lake time. Good throne time. Joy. Normal. Peaceful. Fulfilled. Strength. Every facet of Jesus. Jesus is so normal. Bless his heart that he's been portrayed as some freak He's not a freak. He's supernaturally normal. Oh, bless his heart that he's been blamed for just being a little like that. He's not like that. All right, let's go back to the Book of Revelation. Well, there's a bunch more we could get into, but I want to. I gotta. I gotta go. We gotta slow down. So let's go. Here we go. One more verse, then we'll we'll, we'll dismiss. Go to Revelation 20. Got your Bibles there, right? Everybody still glad you came. Look at Revelation 20. Think of that tasting of the powers of the world to come. Tasting, tasting, tasting. We want the fulfillment of what that is to come. Now, you know, you, okay, I'm going to give you a little conjecture while we go to Revelation 20 for a second. know, John 14, Jesus said he's going to prepare a place for us, mansion, not just a tent, but a mansion. I personally believe that we'll be living in heaven, commuting back and forth to the earth, just like angels do, even though we just came back with him to the earth, but your commute's not a big deal when you can be home just like that at the speed of thought just like angels do always behold the face of their father for those children they're at the throne and still protecting the kids that fast we'll have a work day or a cruise day during the earth and we'll be taking care of people, doing things, raising people up, whatever oh, I'm going home, I'm home that fast (laughs) so you'll have a mansion, maybe we're physically living here, I don't know but maybe we're going back and forth, your commute won't be a big deal, amen and you'll see star cruisers raised up, you'll see rocket ships raised up And you'll go, bless their little hearts. I don't have to do that. I can instantly be wherever I need to be. Hallelujah. Bless you little mortals having to do this like the old days. Amen. (laughs) All right, so here we go. Look at Revelation 20. Skip over to verse 7. This is really intriguing right here, and we'll close with this. Revelation 20, verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle... The number of whom is the sand of the sea. Now that right there just absolutely freaks me out. That in a perfect society, with you raising people up, with Jesus on TV, Jesus on the radio, Jesus on everything you can imagine, billboards with Paul, billboards with John, billboards with Matthew, Matthew's coming into town to talk about Jesus, that people still rebel. The number is as the sand of the sea. Wow, unbelievable. So look at verse 9, watch what happens. Say, remember, Satan is released to gather the rebels up. And in verse 9, they went up on the breadth of the earth to encompass the camp of the saints. If you look that up in the Greek, it means they're airborne, almost like in flying saucers over Jerusalem. That the technology's to the point where they're, they're over Jerusalem like they think they can conquer Jesus. Bless their hearts. And they went up on the breadth of the earth. They encompassed the camp of the saints about, the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. So that's the last rebellion. So God gives man a whole thousand years to make correct choices, even without the devil there to tempt them. And they choose darkness, so Satan has to be released to gather those that have gone that way. Wow, and it's amazing. They're going to have every opportunity. (laughs) I mean, they're going to have you raising people up. They're going to have... The, the movies they'll see, it won't be Star Wars, Star Wars, I can't even say Star Wars, it'll be something cool, <laughs> judge me by my size, do you? <laughs> I mean, Yoda, Yoda will take on a whole other thought pattern, <laughs> and it'll just be cool. If, if man can be this creative in the curse and in the fall, think of what that thousand years will be like. Population is going to be ballistic, there'll be joy unspeakable and full of glory. There's many, many verses about the millennium. But you know what happens after that? You know, After that, that, that happens right there, the great white throne judgment happens. And then God moves heaven down to earth. The earth is renovated by fire. And how many of you can't stand moving? I can't stand moving. The word move just irritates me. So no big deal to God. He's going to move a planet. I don't like moving a house. He's going to move a whole planet down to this planet. And the new Jerusalem will be right there over the the Jerusalem means plural you'll have the earthly Jerusalem, you'll have the heavenly Jerusalem they'll be right there connected there'll be a highway between the two and then then that's where all of a sudden the tree of life is reintroduced now listen to this natural man will live on the earth ever, forever eating of the tree of life to have natural life I don't have to eat eat of the tree of life but he that hath the sun hath life so it's going to go back to just like it was when Adam and Eve were here and if they would have eaten of the tree of life in a sinful state, they would have lived sinfully forever. But those natural-bodied people that make it to that point, they're going to go have to eat of the, tree, there's, there'll be the trees that will come down that river, and the leaves will be for the healing of the nations. It's not the word healing, it's preservation. It's the tree of life. So it's going to be a very natural time, supernatural. Hard to even kind of wrap your brain around how cool it will be. But look at the sunset, and that's with the curse here. Imagine it with no curse. And then imagine it with the new heaven and new earth, all the joy that will flood your soul. So let me just say this right now. In 2016, you have nothing but wonderful things ahead. Yes, the, the, in the earth there's darkness. and the earth, the tribulation is coming. But man, press on through whatever unbelief might be around you and go, my future is bright. I'm going to get the harvest in. I'm going to get soul swept into the kingdom. Then I'm going to be raptured. And my friend, the implementation of all of this word you've heard... It's not going to be pushed aside. You're going to be functioning in all that authority, all that power, and of the powers of the world to come. Man, wow. Jesus raised up his church, and you happen to be that church that's at the very end that even comprehends. You'll judge with a merciful heart because you knew what it was like being on the earth right before you got there. So the Lord will probably have you judging things, and they'll go, well, look at that person who did something stupid. You go, yeah, it's kind of easy to do stupid things, isn't it, amen, but I'm going to help you out here. You watch, God will have you rule with such insight it'll be marvelous. Maybe you like to build furniture. You might be the coolest builder of furniture the whole thousand years. Amen. Maybe you like to paint. You'll paint during that thousand years, and people will go, check that painting out. That's so cool. It'll be a wonderful expression of joy, but gratitude toward our Father. Gratitude toward the Son. Hallelujah. So get it in your heart right now. Great things. Great things. Great things. God's coming back to the planet. God's coming back to the planet. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. The King of kings and Lord of lords is about to step over the banister. Come up hither. Come up to the throne of God with the shout of the voice of the archangel. We shall be changed. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So, there's a lot of stuff in that that teaching on the millennium, but there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more detail to it. That It's hard to explain things that we haven't seen yet, but that's a grasp of a general overview of what it'll be like. But let it encourage you to run your race right now. Pray in tongues more now. Get acquainted with the Holy Ghost more now because you're not done functioning with the Holy Ghost during that thousand years. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this conference. Thank you for Ramah Family Church. Thank you for all that came tonight, Lord. Thank you that their their lives are blessed, their jobs are blessed. Everything they'd set their hand to would prosper. Father, as we let this soak in that we have such a great future, I thank you for uh, all of our family members that may not be with us. We pray for them that they'd be strengthened. Those that may have loved ones that aren't born again, we pray for laborers to go across their path that, Father, that just the right words would be said to them, that they would turn their heart to you, Jesus. We thank you for it. And, Father, even politically and nationally, Australia, what you've given Australia to do in the last days, we thank you for it being wrought and brought to pass. We decree as believers here in Australia, we pray for this nation, we pray for this land, we thank you for the will of God to be wrought in Australia in the last days. We thank you for it. What a a position this nation has in backing up so many different opinions in the earth, Lord. So we thank you for proper opinions from down under, from Australia. We thank you for it. We give you glory. We give you honor and give you praise. We bless you. (coughs) We bless your wonderful name, Jesus. Hey, before we dismiss, you know, I know... uh, I preached a little bit longer, and I meant to before we go. Is there anyone, you came tonight, and you never asked the Lord into your heart? If you came tonight and you've never done that, I want to pray with you real quick. Maybe you came, maybe someone invited you, and make sure if you're a visitor, make sure you come back. Don't judge the church on end-time preaching or whatever. Your pastors have a grace on them to feed you, to strengthen you. You can't live on this meal. You need to live on righteousness, you live on faith. You live on, on, on the love of God. And you live on family. But you do, we do need that element of end times to push us a little bit. Mind the right room? But if you're here, make sure you come back. But maybe you're here tonight and you've never asked Jesus into your heart. If you're like that here tonight, just slip your hand up. I won't embarrass you. I'll pray for you. I won't even have you come down. I'll just pray for you. Say, that's me. Pray for me. Say, pray for me. I'd like to be saved. Man, don't put it off. If you were here this morning and got into the tribulation stuff, you don't want to be here during that seven-year period. Dear Lord. Anyone at all? Real quick. Real quick. Real quick. Real quick. All right. Looks like everybody's saved. We'll do it once again. Let's all pray this prayer together before we dismiss. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you tonight as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for dying for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says the angels rejoice when one gives their life to the Lord. So if you did that, you gave your life to the Lord tonight, you got some rejoicing going on. And if you did that tonight, you got a wonderful birthday in February 2016. I believe there'll be a plaque in your house when you get to heaven. Wow, birthday, February 2016. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, uh, I had a couple words of knowledge come to me, then we'll dismiss. I've, I've preached a little bit longer than I meant to, but uh, concussion. You got a concussion. And uh, the Lord's healing your, whatever got jarred inside your brain there. You watch, this being repaired. Amen. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for restoring that which was damaged in their head. You know, I had a real casual word of knowledge one time in Lubbock, Texas. The Lord said to me, someone has the wires crossed in their brain. Now hey, watch this. This is how low-key I am. I said, there's someone here, you got the wires crossed in your brain. And the parents brought a cloth down because their son had that. I think I said it exactly like the doctor said their son had. And he was in special education classes. Wasn't in normal school. He was about seven or eight years old. They took the cloth, laid it on the boy, instantly healed. I came back to the church. This is in Bracken Christian's Church in Lubbock, Texas. I came back 10 years later. This young man walked up to me. He's in high school. He's dressed all real cool. He goes, hey, I want to let you know, I was in special education classes. I said, what? He goes, I was in special ed classes. And my parents brought home a cloth, and my mind went right into its right place. I was able to think right. Got to go into normal classes. And all I did was call out, you got something wrong with the wires messed up in your brain. And that kid was normal. He's more than enough. More than enough. I prayed over a baby with Down syndrome in Greensboro, North Carolina. Baby got healed. Down syndrome, mongoloid. Went back and got the test done. The parents, the grandparents were so happy, they supported me for almost 20 years. Sent me a check every month. Every time I'd see them, I'd say, you don't have to send me a check. I said, that's so sweet of you to to support me. They had a parking lot company, and they sent me like $30 a month. I said, you don't have to send me. They said, we're so happy, our baby that had Down syndrome. I said, well, Jesus healed him. Down syndrome, which medical science says that's impossible. Made whole. He's more than enough, more than enough, amen, hallelujah, praise God, hey someone, the inside lining in your nose is being healed, take you a good snort and watch, check it out, see that you're, you're healed, see someone's got their, uh, uh, I know it's kind of weird right here, but you're plumbing in one of your eyes, right down here in the corner, your tear duct in one of your, one of the sides of your eyes is being healed, thank you Lord for taking care of their eye plumbing, in Jesus name, in Jesus name, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. There's a lady here where you hold a baby. You got some kind of damage. You watch, you'll be able to hold a baby. I don't know what the problem is, but you watch. uh, Where you hold a child, you'll be able to carry a child. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for healing that lady. Amen. Let's just thank him for a second, then we'll be dismissed. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you that you're coming so soon. We magnify you. Magnify you. Magnify you. Mercy and kindness and goodness to our Savior tonight. Father, thank you for such a wonderful future. Thank you for such a great now, but Father, we so anticipate being with you forever. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. We bless your holy name. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. You know, I just want to say thank you for being so faithful to come, and I believe you'll be strengthened throughout this year. Wonderful things ahead can't wait to hear what all happens can't wait to hear about pastor tony having the helicopter and the, having a hole in the roof and coming down through you know amen. whatever it takes amen it'll be fun so enjoy your life while you're harvesting and all of a sudden we're going to be caught up so look forward to seeing you again have a blessed awesome 2016. thanks for listening we hope you were blessed and encouraged by this teaching and are freshly excited about our savior's imminent return and how we should be living in anticipation of this blessed hope. For more information on Raymer Family Church, or to partner with us in producing more resources like this, please visit raymer.org.au.